Okay, happy Friday, friends. I am looking forward to gathering with you in house churches this upcoming Sunday. It's our last chance to be in house church environments together for the fall or through the remainder of this year. And so I uh, want to really encourage you to prioritize being a part of a house church this Sunday. It's such a rewarding experience. It's a great way to strip down some of the habits we get into with going to church and experience Jesus coming to us through community in a fresh way. So be there. Uh, there are two individuals, and on the left, there is a man who is seeking to reform the country through big government top-down regulation, a heavy reliance on taxes, perhaps too appeasing to foreign governments and deeply distrusted by the religious right. On the right, a man seeking to reform the country as a self-proclaimed patriot. He's anti-government, anti-establishment, looking to drain the swamp. He doesn't like taxes. He doesn't like to pay taxes. He's a conservative embraced by the religious right. He's looking to minimize the influence of foreigners and other cultures, and he wants to make things great again, just like they were before Rome came in and took over. Uh, I don't know who you thought I was talking about, but obviously I'm talking about Matthew the publican and Simon the zealot, uh, <laughs> Jesus' disciples. Uh, the tax collector Matthew who was a shill for the government, collecting taxes for a ruling party that no one wanted. The Pharisees hated tax collectors like Matthew. And Jesus says, I choose you to follow me into a new life to represent my way. Simon the Zealot. This guy who would say, let's get back to being God's set-apart people. Let's reject this influence from other cultures. Uh, he's the ultimate conservative. He's a militant extremist against the establishment. In fact, Simon would have likely at least been familiar with the Sakari party, which was a group of zealots who were known for hiding curved daggers in the folds of their, coat, their cloaks, and then they would slip up behind Roman sympathizing targets like Matthew and stab them between the ribs and the heart. And there's no reason to think that Simon participated in that, but likely he would have been familiar with the zealots who acted that way. And Jesus says to him too, I choose you to follow me into a new life to represent the way. You could not get more ideologically divided than these two, and that's the point. Right? It doesn't even stop there. When Jesus gathered his 12 disciples, in the selection of those disciples, he gathered zealots, militant uh, nationalists, he gathered tax collectors of the Sadducee party, he gathered six fishermen who would have been exploited by the Roman taxation, and a wealthy nobleman whose father was a Pharisee. Right? And can you imagine their first meeting together? Jesus calls all of these individuals together, and they get there, and they're like, what, him? That guy? What is he doing here? They must have thought, oh, Jesus must have changed his mind about politics or else he wouldn't be here. But what Jesus had changed was the first loyalty, the first allegiance of their hearts. Dan White puts it this way, if it were not for Jesus holding the space between these 12, they would naturally hate each other. But instead, Jesus calls them to the same inner circle, a beloved community, 
that goes on to change the world through unity. It's a space that would demand something from each of them. And this is where love does its work and where repentance and reconciliation occur in the proximity of real relationships with one another. I bet at the end of their journey, they all ended up with different views on politics, but it's because Jesus changed their hearts. Uh, last Sunday at Mount Pisgah, we talked about the real world relationships that we have with others and how do we move forward laying down the weapons of contempt? How do we draw cues from Micah 6.8 that we are to walk humbly, do justly, and love mercy? From Colossians 3, how might we put on forgiveness and forbearance, allowing others to be who they are without the need to change them for our own sake? And so how might we walk humbly? We're going to try to flesh that out in real life this Sunday at House Church. And we're going to draw on a few suggestions from 3practices.com, which is a great organization that facilitates conversation uh, civilly and moving toward becoming peacemakers. And they offer us some practices that we're going to pull from that are a great starting point for our conversation. Number one, that we would be unusually interested in others. Learning the practice of out-listening the other in the conversation rather than out-arguing them. Number two, staying in the room with difference, right? We simply cannot learn understanding until we're in the room with someone who disagrees with us. If we're always surrounded in the echo chambers and feedback loops of what we already agree with, we will never learn understanding, forgiveness, or forbearance. And number three, stop comparing your best with others' worst. How we hold our positions is as important as the positions themselves. And so we'll talk about that on Sunday. We're going to talk about the relational skill of differentiation, which is a great place for us all to be practicing in this current climate we're in. Differentiation means non-anxious connection in the midst of difference. Uh, it means being in relationship with someone even when you do not agree with everything they value or believe. It's a relationally healthy skill that we develop because we are safe in Jesus. And it requires that differentiation, which is the ability to be separate from someone else, yet still connected to them, neither independent from them, I don't need you, which is the way of contempt, nor codependent where we no longer know who we are, who we, uh, how, we, how we think and what we believe for ourselves. Let me read a couple words from Bishop Todd as we wrap this up. Here's what he says. He says, there are times where relationships need boundaries, significant boundaries in place. But when we stay in the room with difference, staying in the room with difference with someone who has reasonable differences, reasonable is a key word there, reasonable differences than you, that is not a compromise of your convictions. It is staying close to that which God is most committed, the human beings that he is presently shaping into his image. And this, of course, doesn't mean muting your values or views. You can share them clearly with conviction and passion, but also with grace, with a healthy dose of humility and a willingness to hear others. We're not going to let our political differences break an otherwise meaningful relationship. Notice the tendency that we all have to transfer our anger that we feel toward a policy or a politician onto those in our actual lives who may not see things the same way. And so, again, Bishop Todd, the invitation is to stay lovingly near to each other's error, all while seeking truth together so that we can collectively benefit from the truth we discover. Generously giving the benefit of the doubt to others is far superior than the now routine responses of judgment and condemnation. 
It's humbling to realize that we all see through a glass darkly. We all have beams in our eyes. And it is to surrender the other into the Holy Spirit's keeping, trusting God's spirit in them to guide them into truth rather than feeling that I'm the one best equipped for that job. And so can we give each other some space? Can we stop comparing our best with each other's worst? Can we let other people be wrong in my view rather than being malicious? And can we see those on the other side as people like us on their own journey, learning, growing, evolving as we work together to find ways forward that are just, merciful, and humble? That's what we'll talk about on Sunday. Really looking forward to the conversation. Uh, It's real boots on the ground way of working the way of Jesus out in our real lives. And I think that's important for all of us. We'll see you on Sunday.